Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. <laughs> Let's Perfectly go, everybody. Sean, this, this, these cameras aren't on. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, wait, what? Okay, we are rolling. All right. And uh, I, I think that's rolling. All right, so I think we're good. We, we're going to do our vocal warm-ups? We... You, want, you want to check it real quick? Just... <laughs> I saw a red dot. You saw a red dot. Okay, great. All right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Countdown to five. I am here with my dear friends, Paul Preston of the Movie Guys, and the great, the super talented, the one, the only, and of course, Indiana Jones himself, Justin T. Bowler, everybody. Hey. I'm applauding right. for me. It's time to pull the curtain back. Many of you probably thought, wow, they really got Indiana Jones <laughs> to do the plot recaps. Yeah, it sounded so much like him. I mean, it just, so it, much yeah, like him. just, yeah. And, and it's amazing how we went through all the years and he never aged. No. It's just, it is amazing. It is amazing <laughs> like that. So, and we mentioned at our Crystal Skull show that you did Indiana Jones, played Indiana Jones yes. uh, in Disneyland theme park. Yeah. But then I found out they did that for the opening of Crystal Skull. Yeah. That was 08. I know. That was 15 years ago. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> and yeah. and before we go too far, please regale us with the story of the word you kept getting wrong during <laughs> one of the shows. I know. You mentioned when I was listening to it, uh, the podcast, I remember you saying that. Um, just, you know how, as an actor, Paul, sometimes you just get a, a, a click in your head. Like, you can't spit out the actual line for one reason or another. You say it accidentally once, and then for one reason or another, you're like, make sure I don't say that again. And then you say that That's again, you say. and you say it again, and you say it again. The very end of the show, uh, the, the show is basically about, um, um, not a Shankara stone, but just about this, uh, you know, rock, essentially, that could, it's magical. And we fight over it, and Indy ends up with it at the end of his show. And he takes it, and he's supposed to put it in his satchel, and I put it in my satchel, and I'm supposed to say, and I'm consciously thinking it now, so I won't say it wrong, <laughs> I'll keep this for safekeeping. All right? That is the line. <laughs> I'll keep this for safekeeping. At one point in one show, I said, I'll keep this. <laughs> I'll keep this for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I kept on, didn't even realize I said it, moved on with the show. And then the stage manager said, did you say Thanksgiving? And I was like, I didn't say Thanksgiving. That's impossible. Very next show. I'll keep this for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and that time I realized I've just said it. And I go on. And I kid you not. It must have happened, I don't know, six shows throughout the course of the summer. Where, and to the point that I started correcting myself, I'll keep this for Thanksgiving. Safekeeping. <laughs> You just keep on going because you can't stop and explain it. That. And it's literally like the last line of the show. Oh, is it? What? I'll keep this for 4th of July. I'm way off. I'm way off. No sense. And all these people, when I didn't say anything, must have been, what What did he mean by that? What was he saying? Yeah, Thanksgiving, he was Thanksgiving is the best. Thanksgiving choice. is the best. That's a, that's a choice. Let's go to the tiki room. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Where everything makes sense. Talking birds. <sighs> Who'd have thought that he was such a big fan of holidays with turkeys? <laughs> well, speaking of thank you for regaling us with yes. that. That was awesome. Yay, Justin Bowler. Speaking of big deal events, uh, like Indy at Disneyland, you were at the premiere yes. of Dial of Destiny. Now, yeah. I got a, a advanced screening, but it was kind of press 
Sean and I, we went on opening night because uh, I was happy to see it a second time at the Chinese Theater, which is a great way to see a movie. But the premiere's got to be a bigger deal. It, I, I will say, okay, going in like yourself, as you've talked about on the podcast, when I heard what they were saying at Cannes, I was really, really worried. And I was saddened, you know, what the reviews were. And I just thought to myself, we have uh, another Crystal Skull. Now, I know you ended up watching Crystal Skull again, and we're a big fan. I rewatched. Whoops. Well, I let's re- clarify that. <laughs> let's clarify that. Big fan. I liked it a lot more. Okay. Uh, yeah, I still stand by, uh, you know, of course, Raiders being the best. Yeah. And and also being a, an important piece of cinema. Yeah. yeah. I, I have rewatched it just recently mm-hmm. as well. And Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull. And uh, it's. It hurts me. It hurts me. Like, <laughs> still, still. The only good thing about it is I can say, because I've only watched this movie one other time in the theater in 2008, um, at least it's new. Mm-hmm. This is new to me. Yeah. I don't remember this scene. I don't remember yep. this scene. And then you get to some of them where it's like, yeah, I remember this scene. That Well, you know what's funny? I mean, I said it on the other, other podcast, but, you know, I, I, I didn't get as much to that place of, oh, now I remember why I didn't like this. I really was trying to like just let go and get into, this is what this story is, yeah. right? This is what this movie is, and I'm okay with that. And our dear friend Frank Ziti, um, who I just saw last night, was chiming in about Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. And, and he was talking about, he's like, man, that opening sequence, I love that opening sequence. And I was like, yeah, I, that I opening sequence is fantastic. And I know you get bothered by the fact that we see the, the, uh, uh, not the grail, the, the, arc. the arc. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you. You get bothered by the fact that we see the grail after we've already, we've already known, Oh, this is where the, this is where the arc is, right? Yeah. Like, Oh my God, we see, we see the arc. Yeah, this is where it is. And then of course we see it at the end of that sequence. You go, I but, was right. I'm not an idiot. Right. <laughs> I, I think I, I, I get that point of view. However, I would argue that there's a little bit of payoff in it. There's a little bit of, you know, oh, yeah, this is where it is. And then if we didn't see it, I think people would have been upset about not seeing it all. I don't know. Maybe. Of all the things in that movie, that is not on my list at all. You brought it up and I was like, nope. Didn't bother me at all. No, it was it, it was the start. Well, the gopher uh, reaction shots, yeah. and that were the start of things to come. I thought. Yeah, I'm all right. Still, <laughs> nobody worry about me. <laughs> Kenny Loggins was originally going to do a theme song for Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, and they axed it. So that's um, the premiere. Yeah. Uh, on to, oh wait, no, there's more. There's oh, more. Oh right, um, sorry. We did, we went on a whole other train track. Yeah. Okay, let's. Um, okay. No, the, the premiere was amazing. Anyway, I, I was very worried going into it, and then a friend of mine, um, I. I had called. I had called up a couple friends and I said, "Hey, listen, if there is anything you can do, if you get offered tickets, like I, please let me. Be. I'll, I'll, you know, I, I don't. I don't know what you need me to do for you, but I am there. <laughs> if, and you don't have to say what you did. <laughs> I mean, is this a PG show? Uh, it, um, we have no idea. So, so <laughs> then he calls me out of the blue and he said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm available." And he's like, "It's the premiere." And I said. I'm in. And he said, I kid you not, you have to dress in full Indiana gear. You have to come dressed. And I said, done. I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> you were one of 200 people, right? I was. And oh. that's, they, brought, they brought in a number of people all dressed as characters from, um, oh characters my gosh. from the movie. So it was me and, you know, I, I, 200 other Indiana Jones, tall ones, wide ones, short ones. Short round was there. Marion was there. I mean, oh you name gosh. it. Grail Knights yeah, yeah. were there. Lao Shea was there. Oh, I mean, can th- I say one uh, that a lot of people don't know about? But I saw 
photos of the guy who plays Indiana Jones at the Stunt Spectacular in Disney World yes. was sent there by Disney. He he opened the show in, what, ni- 1988, I think? 1988 is when they opened the Stunt Spectacular, and he was there, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so that, that, guy, that guy earned it, yeah. and it looked oh, yeah. like he had a blast. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, one of the things, looking forward to it, and this was even before I talked to you and what, what you had said going into it, um, I thought to myself, this... This is the best way to experience this movie. Yeah. If I'm at all worried mm-hmm. to be there at this, and not even real, knowing it's a Hollywood premiere, but how much, uh, like, what is going to happen at this Hollywood premiere? And it was huge red carpet with costumes and with, uh, um, with, with props from the movie. And then everyone coming through. I mean, everyone in the movie coming through. The only person I didn't see, like, you know, uh, Kihon Kwan showed up at one point. Um, and he's, though obviously not in the movie, shows up on the red carpet. But to see George and to see Stephen mm-hmm. and to see Harrison and to see John Reese davies and, right. you know, to, to see all these people come through. It, By the way, it would have been awesome for him to mind. be in the movie. Just gonna say. Oh, yeah. yeah. I missed <laughs> opportunity. I assume we'll get to that. But yeah. it's just like, as I'm watching everyone come through, like, it's just, it's chills. Yeah. It's chills, you know? And you're going through and we're we're in the Dolby Theater. It's where they do the Oscars. Yeah, which is also just, an upgrade because that's that holds more than the El Cap and the Chinese. Yeah, so. it, it's, it's a huge yeah. theater and it's beautiful. Beautiful. And then to come out and it's just like they introduce everyone in the cast. Everyone in the cast is there. And then um, most of the cast disappears. But then Mangold says, all right, well, you know, it was me. It was Harrison. He's like, let's bring out, um, please, executive producer George Lucas. Everyone applauds. Executive producer Steven Spielberg. Everyone applauds. Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, everyone applauds. Um, uh, uh, Frank Marshall. Everyone applauds. A third guy whose name is escaping me. I don't know. Forever. <laughs> People applauded. And then Stephen gets up and he says, you know, up on this stage we have um, the, the man who came up with the story, George, and, and I directed. And, and we have, you know, the man who gave the, the voice for Indiana Jones. But there was someone who gave us the medley of Indiana Jones. And then the curtain goes up and it's John Williams with a full oh philharmonic orchestra behind him. Oh and I kid you not, I... I, I I started tearing up. Like of course. I, I felt like, uh, and this will date me, but I, I felt like a 12-year-old girl at a Backstreet Boys concert. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I was just screaming my head off. Nuts. Direct reference everyone. available on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is. It's out there. I posted it. Because it was just, it was insane. And for him to launch into the themes of not just Dial of Destiny, but then also play um, also play the Indiana Jones theme. It was an, it, it was. The absolute best way to experience this film. And even at that point, I said to myself, even if this isn't good, even if I'm unhappy with this movie, I will never be able to beat this experience. Yep. Never. Yep. This, this, this is the greatest Indiana Jones experience that I have. Mm. You know, it was just incredible. And then to see the movie and love the movie was, was beyond my expectations. Wow. Beyond my expectations. Mm. I go back to something Paul had said early on. Um, because he had already seen it. I told him, I said, I'm going to the premiere. And I said, I'm still a little worried. And Paul's exact response was, it is safe for you to raise your expectations. And yeah. that, that was exactly yeah. correct. Uh, yeah, when he revealed it to me that he had yeah. seen it, he said the same thing. And I was <laughs> I was happy about that as well. During yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry. yeah. yeah. I, I, listened to, well, I listened to all of it and, and enjoyed and that moment. To <laughs> your point, on me. <laughs> and to your point in general, like I, I, I think there's... There's something about going into a movie and really anything in life, but like going into a movie with a positive state, yeah. like going, I, I'm going to go have some fun. You know, I, I, I don't know if there was a lot of trepidatious feelings around Crystal Skull, but, but like, I, I felt like I wanted to get rid of all that. When we went to go see it at Man's Chinese Theater, I was like, 
this is going to be a fun night. We're going to make it fun. It's going to be, I, I was just, I was ready to just have a great time. Yeah. And, and I was totally invested in that. And, yeah. and so I feel like at least for me, because of that, it, it was that experience. So anyway, I don't mean to interrupt right. the story, no, but I, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't hoping it would be bad. I was just worried we were going to get another Crystal Skull. Of course. And once again, going back to a bunch of people from Cannes who probably don't appreciate these films to begin with. Right. You know, um, who, who were in tuxedos, as, as Steven Spielberg said. He's like, they watched it in tuxedos. I don't know if they really enjoyed it. Right. right. <laughs> so yeah. I knew when the film got to the people, it'd be different. Although yeah. still, there's an odd sort of... Uh, movement out there to hate the whole franchise now and like yeah. Disney rape my childhood and all this stuff everybody calm down yeah but uh, overall it, it still sits at 69% on Rotten Tomatoes if you judge movies by right. diseased vegetables and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the audience score is 88 so yeah. I knew that would happen and so. where what is the number for Crystal Skull do you know I don't okay. no like I, I think I have friends that are diehard indie fans that were very disappointed with them. And I tell them, I'm like, I, I don't know what, what you wanted for it. Cause it gave me everything that I was looking for. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder the test of time, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, are people going to look back on this and go, no, that was a really good indie movie. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. oh, or for them, will it be the same as me with crystal skull? You know, <laughs> like I'm softening on that though. I'm softening. <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with how good well, dial of destiny is. And I'll explain that. Okay. Yeah. I, if anything, I, I guess I have softened on crystal skull. I go back to, I can watch it now and it's totally new. Cause I don't remember many of the things in it. And just knowing that we don't get any more. So you gotta, you gotta have what you have. Okay. Speaking of nostalgia. Yeah. You know, I, I, the, the amount of nostalgia in this film is massive. And to your point, will we, you know, 10, 20 years from now, look back on this as a great Indiana Jones film, um, a great last, maybe last action movie for Harrison Ford, possibly? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know what the future holds. I mean, you know. He's 80 and well, the future all holds that. That he's in the MCU. So right. who knows? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Now he needs superpowers to keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's basically, that's, that's basically it. So I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I, I, uh, okay. Before we go too far, let's just jump in on yeah. a scale of 10. All right. 10 being the best. What would you give this movie? Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. Paul. Eight and a half. Okay. I'm, I'm eight, eight and a half right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Nine. Yeah, okay. I respect yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. It's eight and a half trending upward. In yeah. fact, when people ask me to rank the movies, you know, it's like, well, Raiders is number one. Is two Crusade? Or is it Dial of Destiny? Or is it, I'm really coming oh. around on Temple of Doom as well. Like I did when I was a kid. I kind of went away from it because I grew up, but now I'm leaning back into it because it's perhaps Ford's funniest movie and the amount of action is unparalleled. But I was like, so I put it at three behind Crusade, but Trending upward. So it's eight and a half, but trending upward. Okay. I've All only right. seen it four times, so it could go up. <laughs> <laughs> so. I've seen it once only, so right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see it a second time? I did not. No. I ended up getting sick literally on my way to the theater, so I turned and... Oh, oh, right. oh I will no. see it again. Oh. I will see it again. Um, yeah, I'm probably not over the sickness, so you guys will probably get that's whatever great. I... That's great. Thanks. Uh, I will see yeah, it again. I'm probably fact, over it. I'm glad we <laughs> hugged each other. I'll probably see it a couple more times. Yeah, I would well, I'll tell you, how, this is how it goes. The first screening... Uh, is as I told you, you kind of go, whew, all right, it's better than Crystal Skull. Mm -hmm. The second screening for me was, wow, everything is hitting. 
Yeah. The third one is, I'm just having fun. And the fourth one is, all right, let's look for the Easter eggs. You know, so I started looking <laughs> right. at the big pictures of the screen. What's behind there? What's that poster in the background? What does this do? You know, and so you notice a whole bunch of other things. You're and, like, and that's Marion shot glass. <laughs> and it's rich with, uh, I know people saw that in the in the first trailer. Yeah. like, is it? Yeah, exactly. Is that what he took with him when he left? <laughs> and, and not the, yeah. Sorry, you had the, the tap, the headpiece of the staff around your hands. I put no. it down. I grabbed a shot glass. <laughs> I have Go a question. Ahead. Go. Where would you rank them? How would you rank them? The Oh, in order of best? Yeah. By far, Raiders of the Lost Ark is the quintessential film. And I still, I think that Raiders of the Lost Ark, I've said this before, I'll say it again, um, <laughs> is um, it, it's an important piece of cinema. And I, I, I also feel very strongly it is the moment, there's a moment in there when Harrison Ford became a movie star. He went from being an actor to being a movie star. And I and I personally believe it's the moment he it's the moment he comes out of the shadow in that very opening sequence in, the opening sequence. in, in Raiders. That that moment was like I, every time I watch that with that that underbed music that that the, you know this this moment that just have you know all this stuff, right? That is the moment to me Harrison Ford went from oh he's a good actor to that's a movie star. I I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm going to say that opening sequence is so good. I mean, the whole movie, obviously. But you just take that opening sequence all by itself. Yep. You could have filled in King Solomon's minds for the rest of for the rest of that yeah. movie, and people would still talk about that opening sequence and be like, "Wow, it's just so good." Yeah, you know, I, I, you, it, it, that opening sequence is flawless. And um, one thing that that we've been chatting about a bit is is the difference in. So by the time they get the Crystal Skull, Janusz Kaminski is shooting. And we chatted about that. And the more I think about, you know, different DP, different editor, and then and you said the DP for Dial of Destiny did a better job of, of mimicking Slocum's I work. Think so. I yeah. think so too. And I agree. I think he did as well. I think I and I also think their editorial team did a better job of cutting a little bit more. You know, there's a thing with editing that, you know, it should feel invisible, but it moves the story forward. Yeah. Right. And Good editing really does do that. You don't know why it works. It's a feeling sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not like, okay, I'm going to do, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've looked at an edit and I'm like, okay, I'm going to move this three frames. Let me bump it one. I'm going to go back one more. Oh, wait, no, no, it's going to go up two. I mean, and you're, we're talking about frames. Yeah. But you can feel <laughs> the difference. And, yeah. I, and I still think that, so, okay, so let me rank them. I'm going off. Um, so Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course, first best. Um, Last Crusade, number two for me. Um, ooh. This is the same problem I have, okay. too. Because I've also rewatched Temple of Doom so much recently that I'm, I, like, I, I've just come to re-love this film. Temple of Doom is a, is a brilliant movie. It is scary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a horror film. <laughs> it, I mean, Temple of Doom, when we went back and, and, I, and I watched it again, I hadn't watched it in so long, and I was blown away by how good that movie was. Yeah. And... In comparison to Crystal Skull, there are a lot of funny, goofy moments. And if you watch the behind the scenes and all that stuff with Temple of Doom, uh, Spielberg and Lucas talk about we were trying to balance this like scary, scary stuff we were showing yeah. with this is really funny. This is a funny moment. Yeah. And they did such a great job of doing that. And then Crystal Skull, it's like I feel like they tried to do that and they just... It, 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 what it lost was the, the reality of the stakes. Yes. That's I'm, what it lost. I'm going to take it one step further. And I think the reason why, many reasons why, Crystal Skull 
the the comedy did not work for me was the comedy in Temple of Doom. Indy, the stakes were always high. He was always set on the goal. He is dealing with absurdity around him. Mm. Willie specifically. Right. But the absurd, like, she does crazy things. Short Round does crazy things. He does not. Right. He's still, I'm doing this. Even the moment where it's like, you might say it was a little comical. The water, water, water. 100% justified. Yep. Still justified. Yep. Yeah, funny, comical. Yep. Where it's like, then you get to Crystal Skull, and now he's being goofy. And it's like... That's I, I don't think that's the character. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. And I think that's why the comedy in Crystal Skull, for me, did not work. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go back. Okay, so uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Last Crusade, Dial of Destiny. Um, Wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting... I'm getting... You're too bored. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like there's lost. a competition. You know what? I'm, I'm just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Dark right. of the Moon. Wait, no, Dark of uh, Hold on. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. All right. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Last Crusade. Dial of Destiny. Temple of Doom. Crystal Skull. I still okay. rebel against this whole premise, though, because Dial of Destiny needs more time. But, I, uh, but it's a pretty decent <clears throat> ranking. We share that ranking. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. I, I, I'm going to agree with you yeah. on that. Um, well, here's a, like I'm going to put I'm going to put Temple of Doom and Dial of Destiny right next to each other. I'm going to say it's hard to. Um, quantify either of those two against each other because this is such a drastically different movie. Right. Um, right. The adventure is always in the forefront of all the other movies. Right. You know, in this movie, the theme of the movie is in the forefront and the adventure just happens to be a part of it. You know, right. an, an old man dealing with this. What yeah. is my place in the world? Where? Wh what happens to an old adventurer? You know, I thought I was... Uh, I wow. thought maybe I was yeah. going in to see a movie where... He was going to be rekindled of just like, yes, I'm going to get back on that mantle. I'm going to be that adventurer again. And that wasn't the movie. You know, it, it, it was different. It's about an old guy dealing with the age of being old. And yeah, my decisions have consequences. Right. You know, direct consequences on the people around me. And yeah, it, it, uh, uh, redemption, if you will. What? I got a couple <clears throat> things to say about that. First of all, if you're ranking Raiders 1, Crusade 2, and then it sounds like Destiny and Doom are tied for third. Yeah, yeah. That makes Crystal Skull the fourth. And for years, people have been denying that there's a fourth <laughs> Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> Finally, it has that ranking. Finally. <laughs> where, where do you guys fall on... So I, I had this discussion with somebody, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. Uh, John Reese davies which... I finally learned his name. Awesome actor. Um, and deserves props. Um, so super happy he's in the film. Yeah. So glad to see him with Indy again. I like the relationship they have. You know, I, I loved all of that. I was really looking back on it. I'm disappointed he didn't go on the adventure with him. Uh, I, I think if I had one thing, one big thing I'd like to change about Dial of Destiny, it's, you know, when they're at the airport that he goes... I've got two tickets, right, okay. <laughs> you know, and they cut to the I plane. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I have also, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I would have loved to have had them have the adventure right. together. Because the one thing, one of the things that kills Crystal Skull, in my mind, is he has, uh, he shares his adventure in many ways with Mac, this yeah. character that we don't know, don't know, we don't care about, and ultimately dies at the end, and it's like he was never there. Right. Other than he basically screwed Indiana Jones over the whole movie. Um, they sort of, they sort of go down a similar kind of storyline with the goddaughter, 
but they justify it a lot more because yeah. she's the goddaughter and they give it a lot more history and a lot more weight. And then of course we get to see that stuff. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, it's justified a lot more, but I don't know. There's just something about that. I, I would have liked to have seen them. I would have liked to have seen him experience his adventure with someone that we know as yeah. well. And let's have that be part of the stakes I, too. I completely agree. I thought that when, I, after I walked out of crystal skull, I was like, why, why would, why would we care about this guy? He's yeah. never charming. He's never funny. He's never likable. No. He never saves the day. He, like, there's, there's no reason for him other than to just be, you know, this, this guy that keeps changing sides. Like, uh, okay. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. But one of the ways that Dial of Destiny goes back and makes Crystal Skull better is when Helena calls Indy Jonesy at the auction. He says something about, hey, that's the way it is, Jonesy. And he goes, Jonesy. Because there's only one person who ever called yeah. him Jonesy, mm-hmm. and it was Mac. Mac. And like you said, <clears throat> Helena shares Mac's traits in wavering allegiance yeah. throughout the film. Yeah, and so I think that's an interesting way to like oh. tie back into Crystal Skull and make it be worth something. Like Even though that character is terrible, it adds a little uh, little element to developing. Helena more, I think. Right. You're right. I like Crystal Skull now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Paul? Thank you. You fixed everything. That's that's perfect then. All right. That's perfect then. There's tons of genotuses you know, all through this. Did you notice? Did you? Yeah. There's more than you think yep. in uh, in this film. Uh, but but should we start at the beginning? Should we start? Yeah. yeah. 1944, yep. Germany, Indiana Jones. First of all, all I've wanted. I mean, by now we should have 10 Indiana Jones movies and 10 Ghostbusters movies. But right. we have what we have. Uh, four and five so uh, real quick on yeah. that note i just read that in 1979 they said we're going to make five of these movies spielberg lucas and harrison i heard about that too yeah they that in, in 1979 they're like we're going to do five of these and that's so interesting they're like finally we have it now of course you know right yeah <laughs> years and years and years later but you go back to we're gonna make five of these and it's gonna take harrison ford's entire <laughs> lifetime yeah <laughs> you know the, the 90s were missing early 2000s were yeah, yeah. so yeah. one more adventure in in world war ii when you know he was just going around oh, uh, yeah. kicking nazi ass i wanted to see that so i'm glad we got to and the best part is it opens up with him doing what he does best Frequent, frequent yearly for sure in a theater rewatches of Raiders of the Lost Ark have me enjoying more than anything what a nuisance Indiana Jones is. He is simply a pest, <laughs> and the Nazis can't. Every second, Jones and like I said, wait, where is he? They like ah, every second, and we get to see it again. You know, he's they hang him, they try and throw him off a train, they shoot him, they they, they can't get rid of this guy. And this Colonel Weber, played by. Uh, uh, Thomas Kretschmann, they never say his name, but that's his name, Colonel. He's the new, what, Vogel, right, from yeah, right, uh, Crusade. Right, right. He's the new uh, Dietrich from, you know, and so he's just annoyed the whole time. He's like, uh, you're bird watching, huh? He's, yeah, he's a spy, right? And I, like, he just never can get uh, get over on Indiana Jones. And Indiana yep. Jones will dispatch of Nazis and get his job done. And that's the best. Again, I could watch that a thousand times. I'm yeah. so happy to get one more story like that. Now, question for you, okay? Because you read about some of the people that dislike this film. They talk about that opening sequence, which I loved. I loved every aspect. Yeah. This, I didn't have a problem with the voice. I didn't have a problem with the CGI. The voice, no. 
because it's like I hear people they're like, oh, they should have redigitized his voice. And I'm like, I, I didn't have a problem with any of that. Like, no. I was just and, enjoying um, the hell out of it. By the way, I don't know if you've seen, they also did um, masks of Harrison Ford mm-hmm. for the stunt guys. Oh, yeah? So some of the further shots and fight scenes, you know, right. uh, they're just wearing a Harrison Ford mask. And so it's it's not CGI. It's it's right. it's real. You just you said not CGI. Yeah. Nazi. Nazi GI. <laughs> they use that on Thomas Kretschmann. Right? So <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, that's, I mean, that's to me, uh, most of the scenes in that take place either outside at night or in a dimly lit train. So I think that had it going for yeah, it and that yeah. a lot of the scenes weren't bright on a fake CGI face. So having it being sort of dimly lit also helped, I think, show us the uh, CGI. And of course, it's all about story. If you're not into what he's doing yeah. well, there's that. and you don't like Indiana Jones adventures in Germany. Right. You're out. You're out. Um, I I always feel that, and we may have said this before, um, CGI is always better in the dark. It it just, it looks better in the, you know, you get that stuff in daylight, it gets tough unless it's just a robot, you know? I mean, it just, CGI in in the dark looks great. And I think that whole opening sequence was awesome. It it is a callback to Crystal Skull in that opening sequence because we do have a moment when he's getting interrogated and he's like, oh, this guy won all these, you know, awards in the war, you know, and all this stuff. So this is a moment we get to see him, what what he actually did in the war, you know? I mean, so this is really, really a cool moment. Um, I'm curious your your guys' thoughts, though. I had mixed feelings... (laughs) about the fact that he felt the need to change in the middle <laughs> of, of fighting the Nazis. You know, you know, well, I got my whip and my, my other clothes here, so I should probably change. It's funny you say that. I mean, as you say it now, it's like, yeah, why did he do that? <laughs> In retrospect, bought it, loved it. Yeah, everything was yeah. Great. I mean, I was, again, I went into it with like, I'm going to have some fun. It's right. great. And I'm like, but when, I remember when that moment came up, I was like, Wonder well, why he's doing that. I'll tell you why. Because a silhouette of a guy in a Nazi uniform running on top of a train with the smoke and the light behind him isn't nearly as cool as the Indiana Jones silhouette running on top of a train. You know what? Invisible candy. <laughs> and do you notice? Next to the bag that had his whip and his hat and his shirt in it is a photo of Marion uh, that was also yeah. found in the bag. Now, this is a big deal because in canon, apparently after Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, they, they're together at the end. They're going to get a drink, you know, a drink. And mm. they... Apparently, don't make it to the altar. He bails for some reason. And right. clearly in Crusade, she's never mentioned two years after Raiders. Yeah. Uh, we get to you know Crystal Skull, and obviously that happens, and it falls apart again. But for him to be to have her photo uh, six years after Crystal Skull, he's still pining for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's pretty – so it's a big deal that he had that photo there. And yeah. uh, obviously – pays off at the end of Destiny. One of the best lines in Crystal Skull is, uh, well, I'm sure there were a bunch of other girls that you were with, and he's like, yeah, but they all had one problem. They weren't you, honey. Yeah. And it's like, when I, I just watching that again, I was like, that's a, come on, that's a great line. It's a great line. It's a great line. And you genuinely delivered it better than he did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great line than you, honey. Or what are we having for lunch? <laughs> but, uh, what a, but just to, to cap off the uh, CGI stuff, the thing about Harrison Ford, what a miraculous actor! Because yeah. the thing problem problem I had, and many people with the Irishman, was they did a great yes. job with the faces. The bodies were still in oh, their seventies. Yeah. Ford just has this miraculous way to be what probably seventy eight when he shot this. Yeah, 
to be youthful in yep. all his action, and then they just change the face to match. Yeah. There's one it's like moment. The face is catching up to him. There's yeah. one moment <laughs> right after the whole train debauchery, all this crazy stuff, you know, and he's walking back up this hill, um, and and it's a it's a little bit of a distant shot, and and it, it obviously is is him, you know, walking, and and I was like, that's a that's a 78 year old walking up a hill, <laughs> yeah. A but I bought it because he also you could also argue, you know, just. That is not the huge, years, it's the mileage? Yeah, it was the mileage. I mean, he just it was in this huge crash and had got the, you know, crap beat out of him and all this stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I thought. And I love the the whole um, him being hanged and all of that. Like, I mean, that was all very Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. It's it's like, you know, throw the whip. Somebody takes the whip and then you jump across the thing and then you fall down. And you, oh, I got the run. No, 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 I'm going down. I mean, it's like, it's, it's that stuff, right? Well, I mean, the bomb lands in the middle of everyone that does a money pit. Oh, my God. That the, moment uh, is just, yep. yeah, that Through moment is awesome. Level. How many levels yeah. are there? Yeah. And he, and, doesn't have, he doesn't even have a plan. He just yeah, has to no. hang there. And then luckily, the, the, the blast you know, knocks him free. Right, right. And we're, and we're all okay with that. Yeah. Which is great because so many people weren't okay with the refrigerator, but I, you know, but I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it, as we talk about it, it's amazing the amount of comparatives that are in this movie to Crystal Skull. Okay. You know? Well, allow me to make a comparison to Last Crusade and I elbowed you during this when it happened. Two things oh. made me feel good at the beginning of this movie. I knew I was in good hands. One, just hearing John Williams. Yeah. I think now we've proven you can make a uh, Indiana Jones movie without Spielberg. I don't think you can do it without John Williams. I don't think you can. No. So this was proof. And even brought in a little of that, uh, I, I'm always terrible at reproducing it. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Boom. It was like the belly of the beast. I yeah. Think, from Crusade. Any of our desert music. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so hearing that again, just to, tie, just to remind you, Mangold's like, just tying these guys into the Nazis you already hate. So yep. hate them again. Here we right. go. Right. And we're off. You know? Right. Uh, I thought that was great. The other thing was, Indy's got to steal a car after he frees himself from the, the noose. Right? And he goes up and he knocks on the door. Guy rolls down the window. <laughs> punches him. Throws the guy out. Takes a car. This is what he does. He doesn't have to be Scottish. He doesn't have to pretend to be looking at tapestries. He is no nonsense. And I thought Mangold I'm looking on, for the tapestries. I, yeah. Early on, I Mangold, saw that point coming. Three minutes yes. ago. <laughs> yeah, I've made a fuss about the tapestries because he never before has needed to play a character to get stuff done. And Mangold knows that Indiana Jones is no nonsense. And that's how he does it. And he continues to do that the way he dispatches the guys in the car. He dispatches the guys. Is there more baller move than Indy putting his helmet on the gas uh, of that car and leaping <laughs> out of the car onto a motorcycle. Like, who does that? I did not see him leaping out of the car. You think he went through all this trouble to get the car. And he takes those guys out, takes the car out, takes everybody out because he's got stuff to do. And I loved it. I was like, Mangold, you're the man. Cheers. Because there is a difference between humor in a movie and jokes. I like humor. Completely. Yeah. yeah. One is justified and, you know, do not remove the stakes. And it's here we meet our, our villain, uh, Jürgen Wohler. At the time, he may have been called that. He becomes Schmidt for a while when he starts working for NASA later. But I love this villain because he's not just bad. Like, he's trying to get the Nazis to listen to him, and they're not. So he's frustrated. He's kind of a Nerdenheimer. Right. And he's, you know, so he's <laughs> right. like, so I enjoy that part of him too, because not only later does it mean, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use uh, whatever it takes to go back and win the war. But it's also, I got to prove everybody right, because no one was listening to me. Now you're all dead in a train, mm. you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> and I got this coming to me, you know. And so, I mean, even just to cut it to later when he's on the, the helicopter with the CIA agent, he's like, we're cutting you guys off. 
uh, return to Alabama and we're done. And he's like, no, please, please. He's saying please, like begging. And he's yeah. the villain. Yeah. I just found that fascinating. Hmm. I think that plays throughout his whole, and Mickelson is such a, Mads Mickelson such a layered actor, you know, the, all that stuff plays underneath everything that he does. Yeah. And it's set up there where he's like, no, there's the dial. And he's like, what's the dial? Get the, get the, you know, like yeah. they're not mm-hmm. listening. And then he gets smacked off the roof of a thing. He can't win, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think he's a great villain. It was a great introduction of him. Well, it, what's so great about that is that, you know, the, the desperation shows that, no, I have to get this done. It's not just uh, the Fuhrer says that I have to. It is, it's, I am right about this. I yeah. can change things. I can do this, you yeah. know? And, and that desperation just adds a, a, another layer, which, which we hadn't seen in a while. I also sure. like the fact that ultimately he's not doing it for the Fuhrer. He's going to be the new guy. Yeah. Huh? You yeah. know, I, I think there's something interesting about it because they kind of set it up like he's going to go do this thing to to make it right and, you know, to have the Nazis win and all this crap. And then in the end, he's like, no, nah, I don't want that. Yeah. I want it for me, baby. Yeah. This is all about my, I'm the new guy. Yeah, you know, I'm, and, I'm God. Yeah. Which is what it's set up early. So yeah. He won't be Fury. He won't be King. He'll be God. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, that was, I mean, just awesome. Yeah. So going piece by piece in in the movie, there there's lots of callbacks, lots of references. Um, I can't remember who said this, but I also love the the first moment, of course, that we see Indiana Jones older. Um, you know, the fact that we really see, you know, he's not wearing a shirt. Yeah. Harrison and, but, Ford's got it in his contract. He's like, no, I take off my shirt. Yeah, look, I don't like to wear shirts. <laughs> I learned that from Sean Connery. Yeah. He doesn't like to wear pants, so I don't wear shirts. Um, no, I, I think it was really cool to, because somebody said this, and I thought, yeah, that's that's true. He's he's an older man. We don't see an older person in that sort of state on screen a lot. And, and you know, he was willing to to risk that and sh- and show that not just be the hero but be just human be vulnerable yeah and showed this this like you know here's this old guy just kind of sitting in his la- his lazy chair you know and these kids are being loud and he's gonna go over there and you know shut them the hell up <laughs> you know i i love that moment i think it's a great moment do you notice two things the first pan of indy's apartment has a folded up american flag on the shelf which is what they give Right, yeah. families of someone who's died in service, right next to a picture. Oh, of nice. Nice. interesting. Yeah, the second thing I love candy for you. Thank you. <laughs> when he goes to the neighbors with the baseball bat, there's already dents on that door. He's done this. So much fun stuff that. to notice. Yeah, but they don't make a thing of it. You know, oh just, my yeah. gosh. That, that is, is absolutely brilliant. But I love the fact that he still seems to enjoy teaching. Like, it's the students really have changed. Yeah. They no longer, like, I love you in the eyes or, or well, even, you know. even being excited to talk to him after class. How many, you know, care. 18, 20-year-olds are going to write that to an 8-year-old? <laughs> no, yeah. that, that, that era is done. But you'd think, like, he would be done. But I don't think he is. He's sitting there explaining. And when Helena finally has someone right. in class who responds to him, right. goes, Archimedes, Archimedes, right. Yes. And he had the, the, the you know, he was a... A you mathematician, correct. Da, yeah. da. And then, of course, that's when they bring in the space race. It's right, like, forget right. everything the old man's saying. This is the future. This is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, there is that sense of, I mean, they, they, they thematically, they talk a lot about that. I mean, obviously, this movie is about time. And, you know, looking back, looking forward, where's your focus, and letting go of things. I mean, there's thematically, there's so much stuff underneath that I think is also what grounds it in truth, right? I mean, yeah. that you know, the human experience is is also what we obviously connect with in all of these kinds of movies. It's what we didn't connect with in Crystal Skull. There wasn't enough of that sort of real vulnerability happening. It was it was goofy or silly or just action, which was you know that could be fine, but but it wasn't enough for those of us who 
had gotten used to this sort of weighty, you know, it's like Temple of Doom, you know, he, he smacks the kid because he's under the spell and, 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 you know, short round says, I, I love you, Indy. And I mean, that moment like just rips your heart. I mean, if, yeah. it's a beautiful, amazing, sad moment and it's played so real. And I think we got more of that in this, obviously, than Crystal Skull. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the ways, again, Crystal Skull helps Dial of Destiny or most likely in reverse. Right. Indiana Jones, and this is one thing I've softened on recently. Indiana Jones in the Shadow of a Mushroom Cloud is a fantastic image. Yep. Outstanding, because he's holding the whip, and he's looking at something that he can't punch. Yep. You know, this is something beyond, this is a whole new world yeah. of what can I, you know, what can I do? So uh, that's that leads right into this. So here comes the space race. For a guy whose career is looking at the past, his yeah. whole job is everything in the past now everyone's looking to the future where can we go with the space race where can we go right in into the stars you know right. he's got to be confronted with that as well so i think it's a, a fascinating one-two punch for aging indie in those two movies before we go too far let's just chat real quick about opening weekend um so it didn't do as well no as as i, I think people had hoped certainly those of us who love the, the ip uh it didn't do as well as as we had hoped it would do um, I personally think that is because this movie is for us. Yes. I think, you know, and I'm grateful because we had a lot of chats about is this, who's this movie for? And I kept arguing, no, it's yeah. going to be for a new generation and all this. And, and I don't, I don't think it's really for a new generation. I think it's for us. Yeah. And, um, and I also think quite frankly, it was for Harrison Ford. I, you know, I, I think they, you know, he wanted to do another one, wanted to end on a good note. This is his character. Uh, he created so I mean so much of it is him right um so, I mean, but how do you feel about the fact that I mean the movie cost what was it 240 million was the budget something like that yeah that's gonna put yeah. well over 300 yeah, with yeah. Marketing, with so marketing. with marketing yeah <clears throat> so let's just say it's a, an even 300 million dollar budget which is massive yep um, you know, it is performing pretty well overseas, I believe, you know, so altogether, I think opening weekend was still 120 altogether. That's you, the five day? International five day, okay. right? So international and domestic. But at the same time, they were hoping for what, 160? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think they were hoping for, you know, what, 80 to 100 just domestically, yeah. you know, and it didn't get that. So what what are your thoughts on that it that it didn't get that? All move. I, we kind of had a conversation about this earlier. Movie theaters, movies are getting too expensive to go to and enjoy, mm. in my opinion. Now, I didn't have to pay a dime for this, so it was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Why, you? <laughs> you don't know what I had to do, though. So get invited to a premiere. Okay, that's our show. But yeah. it, it's just like, you know, all box office is down right now, you know? I yeah. mean, they talked about how, you know, Top Gun Maverick saved the box office. Okay, it did. And then, I guess Avatar kind of... You know, did it? Um, did it? But, but uh, once again, crazy in, numbers. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I but guess also I didn't inflated even see prices again. You know, yeah. so it's just like I don't know. When it costs twenty five dollars to go see a movie, yeah, it's like how many people are going to go? Eh, maybe I'll go later. But oh. because they've been trained by the studios, who are now penny pinching, yeah, to go ahead and just go ahead and wait. Yeah, within two months. I mean, yeah. Transformers: Rise of the Beasts is on VOD now. It's on. Well, right. it's on Directv. Right. Right now, and that came out. A month ago. Yeah. So you've been trained to do this. Pixar was hurting with Elemental because they said, hey, look, Luca, we're going to put it right to streaming. Soul, we're going to put it right to streaming. But it won an Oscar. So surely turning red, no, we're going to put that right to streaming. We're going to put Lightyear in the theaters. We waited for the worst one of those four yeah. to put in theaters. So it's all mismanagement. And now Elemental had a poor opening too. But Elemental's been hanging on. It's actually 
doing pretty well. It's I think it's made in Kanto money now, but slowly. So I can only hope over time Indiana Jones does the same thing. Yeah. We'll see, though, of course, there's a lot of competition coming on its heels. Well, and it's very... I'm oh, sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, to that point, you know, there are less of us out there than there are the people that are going to go see Elemental. So I, I, is it going to make money? I think it will. But, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to turn... I think if you take everything in the end and, and just see how much e- compare each one with inflation, I, I don't think it's going to rank that high. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's disappointing in some ways that it didn't have a bigger, you know, sort of reception. But I but I agree that it's not necessarily surprising. I think there's so many people who, who have doubled down on, you know, their home, their home theaters. Now, I, I like to remind people um, that, you know, I don't care how big your television is. You know, I, I know people who have 65-inch television. It doesn't matter how big your television is. You're not watching what you would watch in the movie theater. And I'm yeah. just going to remind everybody that. What you watch on television is a video file. And what you watch in the movie theater is is a film, a digital film print. It is a DCP, which stands for Digital Cinema Package. And within that package is 24 frames a second of individual frames that are being projected, just like we used to project actual motion picture film. And so the actual visual experience of that projection is different than what you consume on your television. There you go. Also, the experience of being in a room full of people that want to see this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Enjoying it, you know? Thank you for bringing that up because, by the way, that was part of the great, wonderful feeling when we saw it at Man's Chinese. Everybody was there. Everybody was in. I mean, right before the movie started, this guy, like, full on, the guy had a great voice, too, like, really deep. He's like, give him hell, Indiana Jones! And it was like, right as the lights went down, and we were all like, yes! Yes! It was just the greatest moment. We were so hyped and ready. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cheered at the right parts, laughed at the right parts. Yeah. A little fun fact, uh, Oppenheimer, if you haven't heard this yet, is like three hours, and the IMAX film for that is going to be 11 miles long and weighs 600 pounds. They've had to expand the booth at the Chinese wow. theater to show Oppenheimer. So, oh, because they're, they're showing a print? Of IMAX, uh, yeah. Oh, and IMAX, okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, okay. Wow. So, it, wow. it's worth it. Go. You know? Incredible. Look By the way, doing. look what he's doing for you. Yes, yeah, I mean, thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you, Christopher <laughs> Nolan. By the way, um, so I got these things at the at the uh, the opening here. I got the uh, the Indiana Jones cup. Which that is- cup belongs in the museum. <laughs> <laughs> that cup, I, they got something Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant callback. And of course, the uh, popcorn tin. So anyway, 25 bucks only for that, which was great. And uh, I thought that was a, a reasonable price to your point about, you know, it's expensive. Crazy, yeah, uh, it, it is. You, know, you normally pay $25 for this. When yes, you don't get that's right. You get nothing usually. You just, yeah. And oh, to your point about movies, though, I want to say this. And, and we were chatting about this earlier um, before we rolled, which is, yes, movie theater tickets are more expensive now more than ever. And I, I, I. I would really wish that movie theaters would double down on, I don't need a reclining seat. Right. I don't need food service. You don't need to sell steak. Um, <laughs> I, I, like, I don't need a milkshake. Right. Um, I'm fine with popcorns, maybe some red vines, and a soda. Like, I, I'm perfectly fine a with that. A bar is nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, fine. You can have some beer. Make some money on alcohol. I don't really care. But, but... Let, let's lower the prices. I'm with I, you. I, you know, I told this in our, I think it was our last episode. Went and saw Spider Verse. Uh, brought my my daughter and and uh, some other relatives with us. We had a great time. Um, and I, you know, it was a bunch of kids, so I was going to pay. And I was fully ready to like 
drop, I don't know what, 120 bucks on tickets or, you know, 150 bucks. I was like, whatever, we're on vacation. Let's do this. It was 280. Yeah. (laughs) No, I happened to accidentally go on a night that was like $7 a ticket. So I, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. it was a Tuesday. Yeah. And I didn't know the, I just, we just walked out. I was just getting the tickets and they're like $35. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Is that right? Oh, did you, did you, you know, know I, the people I, I everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, but it made it so, I mean, it, it made me go, huh, I mean, not that I would have been upset about paying the other money, but it was just like, oh, now, okay, yeah, you want to get some red, what do you want? What do you want? You want M&Ms? You get M&Ms. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love the subscription. You know, the the, oh. a, the A-list, Cinemark's doing it. I think Regal's also doing it. They have the pay 25 bucks, see three movies a week. And so for me, um, I, I'm going at least one a week, probably a two, and then make um, they I owe them money. So <laughs> at the end is what I'm saying. Let so me let me just so you're the <laughs> yeah. one. Let me just yeah. uh, let me just. But do let a, me also just say, if you were ahead. like, should I see Fast X? It's practically included. Yeah, that's right. Why not? Why not? Enjoy the air conditioning. Here's a shout out to my beautiful wife, Allison. She just got me the movie pass for Regal, and um, I'm so excited. I Actually, I I saw the uh, new Mission Impossible with that, um, which I did have to still, because it was IMAX, I had to pay a little extra. What? Oh, AMC is the same But it was $7 instead of, you know, and and so whatever, that's fine. Um, But either way, I was so excited, and I think the Regal one uh, that I have is unlimited, so I can just go great at, yeah. at leisure so I'm, I'm super excited about seeing all kind of movies because i the one thing i do think that that and i do think tom cruise with with top gun i think it brought people back into the movie theater and i think it reminded people why we like to yeah. go to the movies you know it's a community experience it's a shared experience you know you go there and you see top gun and you see a, a poster for something that's maybe more dramatic or whatever and you go oh yeah i the Banshees of Ed Sheeran really does sound <laughs> really good. Um, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it really, it, I don't know. I think that's, I think it's important. And I, and we've mentioned this before and I'll say it again and again. Um, it's storytelling. Storytelling is a part of humanity. Storytelling is a part of, of what makes us human. And, and it's, it, it connects us. And, and we're starting to, uh, now I'm going to sound old <laughs> but the we're cave painting we're starting you put it up with the, um we're starting to lose so many things where we can go and have community experiences now some of those are starting to get replaced by i don't know whatever escape rooms or whatever that's a very different experience though than yeah. like going to the movies or you know and then having a chat afterwards or whatever so I, I think it's important that we keep these things in our world, that we keep these opportunities to share in these experiences. I mean, look at this. You know, the three of us, friends for many years, what a great opportunity to spend time together, chat, you know, and, and revel in, in the joy of Indiana Jones. Aww. Oh, Joey, you make me bust out crying. Aw, <laughs> oh, shucks. Uh, that was cool. Um, <laughs> so let's let's keep talking about that. Yeah. Okay. So the, the first action sequence we come across is the the – Parade. Volder's men come after him in the parade. I wanted to say the CIA, but they're with the CIA. But that whole relationship, of course, at this point is pretty tenuous. Right. And yeah, and we have Indiana Jones on a horse in uh, New York City and then in the subway system. <laughs> and, you know, and a great shot when he's being chased by a horse. And he jumps up on the uh, platform and he dismounts the horse and he gives the horses a hold my horse and he goes into the yes. subway. 78 year old Indiana, he's like. I yeah. remember I read a story where he was like shaking off the stunt guys that like wanted to help him off the horse. He's like, I got this. I mean, again, it's a miraculous mm-hmm. casting choice made in 1980, whatever. It was an easy one. He was on solo. But still, just the fact that he could, at this age continued to do a lot of that stunt work, incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think Harrison Ford is one of our 
greatest stars. He is, uh, he's just, and Paul and I chatted about this before. I mean, you know, he really does bring a depth of honesty yeah. to his work. Um, and I did finally get to see an episode of Shrinking, by the way, and I, I, I and I, I saw, you know, different side of that, and, and that was nice, you know. I mean, he's just, but he, but with everything, he just denied an Emmy that nomination. That yeah, I mean, terrible. come on, mm-hmm. give give it to him. Come yeah. give just so good. Hand man. just you should just give him a horse and let him ride it up on stage, <laughs> and hand that award to him and say you're the greatest ever. You are the goat. <laughs> come on. Okay, back to Dial of Destiny. Back to Dial. All right, so so what do we... Oh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Phoebe... I keep messing up her name. Waller-Bridge. Thank Waller you. Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. First of all, I'm going to jump in and say I think she was beautiful and intelligent and, and had kind of a sexiness about her without being overly vampy, you know? Um, and she was interesting and brought a depth to the character that, that certainly the Mac character didn't have, and he was not sexy at all. Damn. Uh, <laughs> um, if only uh, they'd have cast a sexier uh, Mac. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I just, I, I felt like she brought such a great depth to that character, um, and 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 there were subtleties to her performance that that kept growing throughout, and she had a nice journey. Yeah, I, I really oh, liked her journey. Oh, her journey is uh, fortune and glory. And by the end, it's I understand it's power now. She uh, has the yeah. Temple of Doom's oh, journey oh, yeah. in nice. Battle of Destiny. Yeah. Yes. So, and that's why at the end, when uh, oh, there's a great scene at the tomb where Voller puts the gun on her and asks Indy for the Dial of Destiny, and he says something to the effect of, you know, is it really worth? You've lost your, you've lost your wife, you've lost your son. Is this really worth it for a world that doesn't care about men like us anymore? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Great line. Mm-hmm. And he hands the dial over. He knows. He knows. Yeah. He's been there. Yeah. You know, yeah. She arrives at that point by right. rescuing him from ancient Sicily. Boy, there's a sentence. Right. But, uh, <laughs> right. So she arrives there, but that's her whole journey. It's a fantastic arc. I mean, even early on when she's trying to convince him for nefarious reasons to cough up the dial so she can go sell it um, and eventually, again, become a good person. But uh, she says, she's trying to convince him, and he says, why would you want this thing that, why would you go after this thing mm-hmm. that gro- drove your father crazy? Uh, wouldn't you? Which, of course, is, didn't you? Yeah. Which, of course, is a great line. Yeah. yeah. So the movie's full of great lines and great moments. Yeah. yeah. Well, also on top of that, it's just like, okay, you go back to the comparison between her and Mac. Is Mac ever funny? Is he ever likable at any point? Is there any line that Mac says where you go, oh, that was a funny line that Mac said? No. Was he I ever, do like when he breaks his nose. Was he? You know, oh, yeah, well, that's <laughs> being funny. Yes, yeah. I agree. <laughs> you can have villain. This is before we even know about her redemption story, right? Before we even know what's going to happen with her. She is likable from the moment that we meet her. She's charming. She has yeah. dialogue. She does things. And she had a short roundish character, which leads us straight into the chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was fantastic. And classic Indiana Jones. Yeah. Loved it. The yeah. auction right into the tuck tuck chase. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Great stuff. That that is such a playful action sequence. I don't know how you, you wouldn't get behind it. And they continue to have Indiana Jones things he could do things he could do. Right, yeah. right. You know, he's not super heroic, seventy eight year old. He's right, driving right. a tuk tuk. He's riding a horse. You know, he's not. I mean, he take takes swing at two or three guys in that protest sequence in New York, and then he looks at Hawk, the biggest person <laughs> on the earth, and Hawk takes a swing at him, and you're like, boy, if that connected, Hawk, yeah. he's dead. I'm dead. Right, right. He's right. dead. Like yeah. literally dead. <laughs> So, yeah, the Tuck Tuck Chase is fun for all those reasons and dangerous and fast and yeah. with quick yeah. edits to, yeah. uh, you know, show people and uh, show the real speed and danger of those cars and the Tuck Tuck. And, and they add in the element of the gangster, which, of course, is now another level. And so there's a lot going on. It's, it's really fun. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, I didn't have any complaints about that sequence. I loved it. I thought it was so fun. Um, again, I, I, you know, I, I love the stuff with the kid too, the callback. I mean, you know, uh, and what's interesting about that chase sequence as well is they kind of throw in a little bit of a, of a story slash character arc in there. You, you know, she, she is still out for herself. And, and, but I think in the, in the midst of this chase, she's starting to see the value of him. of him yeah you know obviously especially when when he fixes the what, what is it called a tuck tuck is that what it's called yeah, yeah. Didn't I, even know it's called I, I didn't either i was like tuck tuck prior tuck yeah tuck. <laughs> <laughs> the, the gum right, right? Yeah. yeah yeah i mean i yeah i love that part i mean and, and that showed his wisdom it showed his age it showed you know he knows stuff he's useful i mean right. it was just it was it was so and then uh, right and then we go into the the boat sequence well, where it's like it's his friend it's anyway i know i'm jumping ahead but but uh, yeah but uh, along those lines okay going into the boat sequence so we have this kind of callback with her in short round doesn't it seem like our boat captain very easily could have been kihoi kwan now not wild about what happened to him yeah but at the you same do that time, you will be mm, the, like a, exactly the, you know torches and pitchforks right but what why why couldn't we, you know? Why couldn't we throw him in there? D- okay, don't have him die. I thought it was... <laughs> right. it, 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 <laughs> I thought the part was overcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, too big a, an actor to have him do as little as he did in that movie. But can you blame anyone if you say you want to be in an Indiana Jones movie? True. From saying yes, of course. Right. And Tony Bader's like, yeah, I'd love to. Is Scaramanga still alive? <laughs> Captain Scaramanga. Katanga? Captain Katanga? Oh, my God. Scaramanga's a Bond villain. Oh, my God. That would have been so cool. If if that actress still alive, that would have been fantastic. We got to find out. I love it. Katanga does sound like a Bond villain. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Scaramanga. That was the man with the golden gun. I think so, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so brilliant. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, but I don't want to leave this before we just say that Indiana Jones is deep sea diving. Yes. New shit for Indiana Jones. I love that because I love at the beginning when, you know, the Nazis say, hey, here's this spy. What were you doing with this spy? They keep calling Indiana Jones a spy. He's not a spy. He's just doing indie stuff. Yep. The stuff indie does. Yeah. Yeah. Finding relics and keeping them. And of course, I love the fact that the Nazis are like, they're looking for it because of its power. And Baz is like, what power? It doesn't have any power. <laughs> I love it. They're still desperate. Like, they're desperate, too, yeah. as much as Voller is. But anyway, the point is, more old indie stuff is great, and now I love the new indie stuff, too. The yeah. whole thing with Deep Sea Diving was fresh. Everything on the agree. boat was fantastic for yeah. me. I, th- we talked about it when we saw it. That scene, what would you go back and do? And, oh, that's and the he best says, moment of the movie. Yeah. I would tell my son not to enlist. Yep. And, and she doesn't know. Right. And, and she kind of flip about her, re, her response. And, and then he says, because he, I would have told him he was going to die. Yeah. I mean, the way he delivers that, and it, it's, it's so heartfelt. Again, it goes back to this honest vulnerability right. that Harrison Ford brings to things. Well, also, as a credit, is just being a good actor. He has, you, you know... Na- you can see he's carrying a weight with him this entire film. Right. What is that weight? What right. is what is it that he's carrying? Right. And clearly, that's a big part of it. That and you know the the emptiness he feels with Marion gone. Right. Right. Like right. it was just it was yeah you no know, it was it was wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. So beautiful. And then and then we get the diving stuff, which is totally cool. Yeah. I mean, it's totally. But so again, building story into action. Right. She could have very easily been like. I got what I came here to get. I'm out. Sorry you didn't make it, Indy. Here's yeah. the eels or whatever it was, right? Yeah. She comes back for him. Yeah, yeah she's learning. So, like, yeah. In the tuk-tuk chase, 
she says, I'm getting what's mine, and just jumps on the other car, which is another baller move. Right. right. And she's got the, the piece of metal from the top of the tuk-tuk and jams it in, crawls in, and tries to pull Voller out the back window. And Indy reaches in and grabs the dial until something's coming that they're going to crash right. into. Right. Because Indy is in the tuk-tuk. Right. I just like saying right. tuk Isn't it fun? Tuk-tuk, 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 tuk-tuk. He Goose? lets go of the dial when he sees her going <laughs> to crash into something, and he pulls her off the car yeah. because he knows what's valuable. And she's getting there. She's yeah. getting there. Yeah. And so, she, and then she certainly learns it by the time they're diving. Yeah, yeah. And then where, where do they go now? Then they go to Italy. Then, Italy. Then it's tomb time. Then it's like time to get to caves and yeah. right, stuff. right, right. We haven't even gotten to like. By the way, you stuff. you wrote in one of the episodes. You're like, oh yeah, there's a cave, and we finally get. Oh, I think it was the crystal skull. And, and yeah. you're like, we finally get to a cave, and it clicked to me it, it, when, when I think I was watching Dial of Destiny. Like. Oh, yeah, he really is always in a cave. <laughs> Archaeology. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You got to get there. And yeah. so it's here where uh, Teddy gets captured in Sicily. Um, first of all, Genotis. When uh, Teddy is separates himself from the two and, and he steals money from the kid who was picking on his hat, right? And he goes and he buys some gelato. He's watching a, a puppet show. The puppet show is the Battle of Syracuse. So you've got yeah. the soldiers and it's complete with dragons. Did you notice? No. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, he gets off and gets captured. My least favorite thing in a movie is a little kid ruining what the, the adults are doing stuff. And a little kid goes off and gets captured. So he owed me one. So at least he, he did. He gave it back what. He, he you don't you don't like you them. don't like rescuing the children. Yeah, it's such a waste. <laughs> in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, we're all going. Paul's like, no, no leave him, no, leave him. Leave you him. get the stone That's in, different. you get out the of kids here. Kids didn't cause the trouble. No, <laughs> you, you, you take out the thuggies who were imprisoning. Well, the okay, kids. all right. Well, the all kids right. got caught, Paul. That's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> they were in that village. That was a very Tom Hanks delivery. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like Scorpion King, the kid just keeps getting trouble. Scorpion King's got to bail him out. I, I don't I hate that. Um, but so Teddy took care of himself though. He took out Hawk, right, with the yeah. under under the water. Oh my God, that was so like. Yeah. Anytime they do like that kind of stuff, I'm like, ah, uh, uh, I can't. I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if he crawls up on the top of that that statue and waits for the right opportunity to jump down on uh, Boyd Holbrook's character, who do you notice? Actually, someone pointed this out on Twitter, and I thought it was a great uh, point. Boyd Holbrook's character loves the Nazis. He's Southern. <laughs> and he's trying to learn German, and he's white. <laughs> Just like, mm. well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, fairly modern point to right, all of right, that. Right, right, uh, right. Also, but um, yeah. So Teddy jumps down, takes him out. We get a big shootout there. Allows uh, Teddy and um, and Helena to get away. Of course, they take Indy on the plane, and we have our whole finale. But he yep. he made up for getting caught by doing some stuff that was good. So, what do we think about this finale? So they get into the air. They find this. Uh, ripple in time rift in time uh because the the dial has brought them there right i mean the dial doesn't open it up it it, no, it brings it, it, it tells them it calculates where this rift in time is going to be and this our bad guy thinks he's going to go back to you know germany and and rule and change history and then they realize which is interesting when they tr when they cross over i was i was like oh my god they did they did go and, and we're well, what's going to happen now? I mean, we're, in, we're now we're in Germany, and it takes me a little while. I'm realizing it as the characters are realizing it, which is great storytelling, by the way, because you're like, 
That ship is John not Williams. A, yeah. yeah, John Williams has a field day when the planes are going through the rift. Like it's he's just going nuts. Yes, and the planes are chaotic, but once they steady out, and you kind of just all the music's gone. You just hear the hum. They get the chance to look out the window, and they had the same rea- I had the same reaction you did. I was like. They're screwed. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that was fun to watch. And then, uh, yeah, the figure how to get out of there, of course, is Teddy's skills, which have been planted here and there from the auction th- through when he's watching the planes overhead yeah. while they're repairing the tuck 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 tuck. And uh, yeah. So anyway, really nice payoff to, to that setup with him. Yes. Yeah. Here, here's something kind of interesting. Okay, so in uh, Big Bang Theory, they talked about Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they said, you know, it's one of the greatest action movies of all time, but one of the only movies out there where the lead he- character, the hero, really does nothing to stop the bad guys from getting what they want, right? Indiana Not Jones true. tries to stop them from getting the Ark of the Covenant, but they finally end up getting to open up the Ark of the Covenant anyway, and it's to their doom and demise. In this movie also... You know, you you would make that same argument of just like, well, no, he never really stopped them. They just ended up screwing themselves over by going to the wrong time and then getting shot out of the sky. Okay, I'm going to have to really think about this because I poured over Raiders to to refute that wacky theory. I'm I'm not saying it's true. I'm saying they're digging in the wrong place is really all you need to say to refute that. But there's got to be something in Dial of Destiny that does the same. That's funny. I mean, yeah, they're digging in the wrong place is is the refute to that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They would have never gotten the. Right. Although I guess there's the argument that, well, I guess they didn't know how to find Marion. Well, they followed. He, he led. He yeah. led them to Marion. So, yeah, they they would have never. They actually would have never dug. They would have just kept digging. Yeah. And never found any of it. So. The wall of salt. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. But we're, we're in Sicily. We're in Sicily. All of that stuff is. Ha- I mean, I loved the stuff with the draft, and I love you know in the cave. <laughs> Early on, you know, uh, uh, Phoebe's character is like, yeah, has that moment where she's like, "What? What's on this? Why is this like a right. modern it's a, Nazi it's a Phoenix?" Thing? Yeah, it's and we're like, "What? Yeah. What right. is happening here?" Like, and and even as an audience member, I remember going, "I don't know if I go. I don't know if I know what's happening here. What? What is that?" And no. then the watch, yeah. you know, and then you're like, "Wait, what?" And and so then, of course, later on, there's all that payoff on the other side. Um, visually, that was so much fun. I mean. You know, and of course they're like trying to kill all these people, and they and they end up getting killed. But the moment at the end when he's like, "Leave me," yeah. What did you think was going to happen? I thought he was going to die in that time period. I yeah. did too. Same. Yeah, I did too. And I'm gonna, and I'm going to die here, happy in the past. Yeah, I'm but we got fifty fifty on Harrison Ford going back and killing his old characters. He came back <laughs> and Han died. He came back and Deckard lived. So it could go, could have gone either way. <laughs> right. But, right. Uh, I was glad he lived. Yeah, I was too. I mean, I, I and I liked the way they did it. I liked that she she gave him one, and that was it. And, yeah. and then and then so I mean, all of that stuff was beautiful. I, I I loved how they handled it. Um, I think that was the more fantastical moment of that movie where yeah. you have to, you know, like Crystal Skull. You know, a lot of people didn't like the. We said they were interdimensional beings, is what they 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 termed them as, not aliens. Um, a lot of people didn't like that. I always was fine with that. I think you have to suspend your disbelief again for this. You know, for any kind of time travel thing, you yeah. have to you, you have the, to do that. You got the box full of God. You got the voodoo. You got yeah. the eight hundred year old knight. Th- yep. This is the franchise. You have yeah. to suspend. Yeah, you have to suspend what you're doing. So then we get back into his version of modern day, um, and or what? It's the sixties, um, and so now we're back, and he wakes up, and and Marion's there. Now let's talk about this scene. Oh, did you notice? Um, 
she comes in, and first of all, it's wonderfully underwritten. Marion, hey. Then she starts yep. unpacking, right? Yep. No, like, we don't need the monologues. Right. Yep. Exactly. Take it easy, you know. So that I Take was impressed it easy. by. Yeah. And then, of course, let's have ice cream. We just bought ice cream. No, there's more ice cream outside. And then they all leave, of course, so they can have their moment. But when she's putting food in the fridge, uh, he takes the magnet off of yes. her face. Yeah. Yes, I noticed <laughs> it's that, too. the corner of the screen. Yes, yes. Yep. Now, I wondered screen. if that was in the script or if that was improvised in, in, improvised yeah. in the moment. I, I'm pretty sure yeah. it was in nice the script touch. because I think it's an insert shot. But, but uh, yeah, it's a great touch. It's not. No, it's happening in the corner of the screen. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was an insert. Okay, no, yeah. You might not notice. Then, then it might have been him or it might have been a direction in the moment, which, yeah. which is really cool. But again, great storytelling. I mean, I was just chatting with a filmmaker yesterday. We were having a, a script meeting about a project we're working on. And, and you know, seeing things. Yeah. Not telling everything. Yeah. Um, there is a moment in the new Mission Impossible film, uh, a scene in the new Mission Impossible film, that could have had dialogue. It was, it was literally a scene, right? It could have had dialogue. And I'm, talk, I'm not talking about an action moment. It was, it was a emotional, more of a, mo- a heartfelt moment. Could have had dialogue. And there was no dialogue. It was all looks. Yeah. And it was all moments. And you get it. You don't need to spoon feed the audience. Yes. We yeah. get it. Yeah. And I do think Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny does a great job of not spoon feeding. I agree. Especially, you know, in that moment. I, I thought something was going to happen. I thought first Marion was going to come in and then Mutt would come walking through the door. Mm. Like there was something that we were going to see and like, oh, okay, I guess he did change time, change, oh. altered the future. Uh, or oh, okay. I thought we were going to see something like that. I'm so glad it didn't. Yes. Yes. You know? yes. Yeah. That would have been. I mean, when they first talked about time travel with this movie, I thought, are we going to get a de aged Tarkin riff on Henry Sr.? Because I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like a CGI thing, yeah. for, like they did with Peter Cushing. So that was my biggest fear. So glad they veered far, far from that. Although, yeah. uh, uh, there was a buddy of mine who was telling me, he's like, he was talking about how he was disappointed in the movie. And he said, and I said, why? And he said, because you tease a movie about time travel, and it's supposed to be this big nostalgia film that's for the fans. Why wouldn't we back to the future to it? You know, why wouldn't we go back and send him back to Raiders? Now he's got to stay away from himself or send him through Temple of Doom. And all of a sudden he's helping himself out here and there or this, that and the other thing. And I was like, what's uh, called, called Endgame. I, <laughs> we did it. I'm like, I, I didn't need that. But it sounds like you're disappointed that that wasn't the movie. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, listen, the things that people say and I like this movie, that's the I, biggest one. It wasn't the movie I wanted. Well, then go well, make your own movie. Right. I'm just going to straight up say, uh, you know, uh, uh, with all due respect to your friend, I, I would not have liked that version. Yeah, I, I, I don't need to see him hiding from himself, you know, Harry Potter with the time. <laughs> thing. Yeah, I don't, right. I don't need to see that. We've seen that in films. I don't need to see that. I, I, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark for what it is, when it was, all of that stuff. I don't need to go back. I'm good. Yeah. I loved what they did with it, and, and, um, and I love the ending. And, no, um, I, very, I, I thought it was a moving film. Once again, it's a different type of Indiana Jones film than we're used to. Um, but that for me did not change it in any way. You know, going back to Mangled, Mangled made Logan, and it very much feels to me like Logan. It is a person at the end of their life who is struggling to figure out where where do they even fit in yeah. in this world, and right. are they useful at right. all? Well, I'm useful maybe to one person, right? You know, and and that's about it. And, and maybe I make any kind of difference. And maybe that's all you need. Yeah, maybe that's all. You maybe need. that's all you need. Yeah. 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 And so, so he grabs the hat in the final shot, and I think that's basically a symbol to us of what the conversation was with Marion. 
Helena says you're back. Are you back? Because basically, if he's not who he was, mm-hmm. he'll be no use to her because he needs to have changed for her to consider coming back. Right. In yeah, maybe he was like just lost or, you know, fell into the bottle. We saw him load up the coffee in the morning. Yeah. You know, so who knows what it was? But I think grabbing the hat is our cue. He's back. He's I back. mean, we're done yeah. with the movies, but he's, we leave him as Indy. Yeah. You know, yeah. As yeah. he was. Yeah. Now, have either of you read any of the books? Um, no, I think when I was a kid, maybe, yeah. but yeah, I not, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. no. Because it was interesting, at one point you had talked about, um, when you guys were talking about uh, uh, Crystal Skull, mm-hmm. and you had said, well, you know, you justified, uh, I, I loved your, 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 your optimism about that film. You're very, very <laughs> kind to it, in my opinion. <laughs> and, and, and it does wear off, because I went, right. oh, maybe I was wrong about that. You know, I like, <laughs> Good. Um, I mean, that was the intent, was right. to get people thinking <laughs> differently about it. One yeah. of the things that you had said was, specifically, uh, you had said, well, no, they're trying to, you justified things by saying they're trying to make this the genre of the the 50s you know right. ho- ho- alien b movies right um to which my argument would be at what point does indiana jones have to be the genre jumping guy i i think crystal mm. skull was a bad idea to begin with mm. um especially when you had so many of the books that you could have pulled from right because right. Uh, you know they're, they're not great <laughs> um some of them have some really great ideas. Like you read some of them and you're like, I could see this becoming a film. Mm. And I find it interesting that they didn't pull from any of that. Right. Now, I haven't read all of them. I, you know, At one point, I remember I read like a dozen of them. Mm-hmm. I found the top-ranked ones and I read those. And I went, yeah, some of these are okay. Yeah. But to your point of the guy who does go after everything out there that is um, m- mythical or magical of some kind, uh, he does so in the books. Right. Um, do we have time? Do you think? All right. All right. So since you guys have not read the books and we're talking about the things that Indiana Jones has gone out there, the question is, how far out has Indiana Jones gone? I didn't like the idea of aliens, but he's actually encountered some even rarer things than aliens. So I'm going to give you some titles and you guys get to tell me which one of these is an actual Indiana Jones book and which one is not. Are we going to ring in like like in a game show? <laughs> okay, all right, I'm ready. We're a let's, team. Okay. We're let's, a team. Let's, okay. Oh yeah, we're a team. Yeah, let's, yeah we're, we're not we're not going against. Let's each start. Other. This this will be a tester. Okay. This okay. Is kind of, this is kind of obvious. Okay. Indiana Jones and the Hollow Earth, or Indiana Jones and the Lost Mail. I'm going to go with the Lost Mail just because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> He fi- finally solves the riddle of the post office. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Okay. It's like so it's, the fake it's a one. very clerical. Oh, book. I did get it's that not, bill. Not, not really. I did get that bill. <laughs> All right. So yes, here we go. Company. All right. So yeah, you, you get it. How <laughs> right. it goes. All right. Indiana Jones and the Dragon's Fire. Indiana Jones and the Sky Pirates. Which which is real? Which of those is real? Uh, Dragonfire. Yeah, I would say that too. You're trying to throw us off, Justin Bowler, but it won't work. Sky Pirates is something that could happen. Dragonfire is something that couldn't. So I think it's real because it'll have some other meaning besides the actual Dragonfire. Indiana Jones and the Sky Pirates is the correct answer. Ah, <laughs> tried to pull fast. We were on the same page. We were on the same page. Of all the books, it's the one that is ranked highest. Oh, if you're good, for those of you looking to read. Okay, sounds great. Great time to watch that. Yeah. Sky Pirates. How about this? Because what's real, what's not real. Indiana Jones and the White Witch. Indiana Jones and the Tooth of the Vampire. White Witch. See, I'm going to... Which one's real? Which one is real? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm with White Witch. No, I'm not. I'm with Tooth of the Vampire. White Witch, you pulled out of Narnia just to try and confuse us. <laughs> what do you got? 
Indiana Jones and the White Witch is oh, a yeah. real book. Oh, yeah. Point. Point. Yes. I mean, but we're a team. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Army of the Dead or Indiana Jones and the Leprechaun's Wrath. Oh, he could do his Scottish accent again. Uh, I, I, I hope that's fake. I'm going to say the real one is the uh, first one. What was, what was the it? Army of the Dead. Yeah, because that was actually a failed premise in some of the screenplays. I wonder if someone saw it through in a book, so I'm going to go with that. I agree. You are correct. All right. That is correct. Ding, 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 All right. Ding. My final one. Indiana Jones and the Dance of the Giants or Indiana Jones and Isildur's Bane. I'm going to go with the second one because I don't understand it at all. <laughs> Sealdor's Bane is, uh, isn't that like a fantasy novel series? Or is that Lord Fowl's Bane? Oh, no, look it. Why would, no one's going to buy that book. The first one is, <laughs> is real. The second one's fake. The first one is real. The Dance of the Giants is real. Sealdor's Bane is the Ring of Power uh, from Lord of the Rings. Well, you see how they didn't call it that? They called it the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and everyone knows what they're talking about. Uh, but also, you know, we've got the unicorn legacy, the interior world, the dinosaur eggs. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, and no mention of the Fountain of Youth or the City of Gold or actually, Atlantis. Uh, the Fountain of Youth is, is in one of them, as is Noah's Ark and the Spear of Destiny, which they did work into this film. Yeah, um, but it had no yeah. power. But it had, but well, it had no because power. Because it was a more interesting choice. Right. Yeah. But even if it didn't, it was... They had no power. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I get the, the whole point of that was, you know, I, I wasn't wild that they went out there and did aliens. I was like, I don't think we need aliens. We still got Noah's Ark. We still got, you know, the, the Spear of Destiny or whatever. But then you start to go into the, this folklore they've created around the character the, with all the books and everything. And you start to go, well, no, it actually wasn't that far out. There. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I stand by that as well. I, yeah. I don't think it was that far out. But Dial of Destiny was right on track. Yeah, it was. So there you go. Mm hmm. Are we wrapping it up? Let's wrap it up. All right. So, Justin, where can people find you uh, and all your nonsense? Uh, best place to find me. You can find me on Instagram at Justin T. Bowler or at Indie Film Twitic. That's still rolling? Yeah, still rolling. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Those are the two best places to find Fantastic. Me. Well, you guys know where to find all of us. We can find Paul at themovieguys.net. You can find me at Creative Motion Entertainment. Thanks so much for watching. By the way, uh, if you hadn't noticed, we're not in the, what is it, the Admiral's the Club? Admiral's yes. Club? Yeah. I'm a little, yeah. We're, we're not in the Admiral's Club. Yeah, we're, we're in the Corporal's <laughs> Barracks. Corporal's uh, Outhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in my garage this time uh, for multiple reasons but anyway uh, I just want to very quickly say Justin thank you so much again for playing Indiana Jones uh, for us thank you for you, having me here you were awesome you were yeah. awesome and thank you for coming back for this episode oh, and, yeah. and chatting about Dial of Destiny Paul thank you for doing this and putting all this together being arm. a great producer Paul's a great producer I love working with him and um, anyway that's it for uh, Countdown to Five we appreciate you guys watching thank you so much you can find us all over the place we're going to be out there uh, we're gonna do countdown to three soon oh uh I was trying to think of a crap movie <laughs> countdown to, wait countdown to 11 fast and furious i, oh, I don't think, so. no, I, don't think I, I could do it i don't okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Well, good night everybody <laughs> good night. thanks so much everybody <laughs>